Uh, I just want to say also that Gene and I are, uh, we just count it a privilege and an honor to be with you guys. And we really thank Pastor Russ and Chris for taking the time to invest into our lives as we embark in this next step uh, in, in our lives in, in the ministry. And I talked a little bit about that last week, about me being certified and stuff. And, and uh, it's just an honor. And I, so I just want to say thank you publicly, Russ. It's uh, very special, very special for me. Uh, last week, we started a series, and it was called, I Believe, The Life of Jesus in You. And week one was great. How many were here for week one? Raise your hands. Yeah, it was great. If you weren't here, you missed it. I hate to say that, but you missed it. We had three spontaneous baptisms last week, because we, we, we talked about Jesus's baptism and your baptism. And so it was great. We had one baptism in the first service, and we had two in the second. And the two are right back there. There you go. And it was, it was a great time. Yeah. It was a great celebration. So, so what, what a wonderful uh, way to start off the series, right? And we've had a whole bunch sign up for next week, Bob. Oh, good. You won't be here next week. Mm, yes, yes, we will. will. All right. I will be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's great. So Plunge Fest, so that just kind of keeps the celebration rolling, doesn't it? Yeah, that's good. All right, so today we're going to talk about Jesus's temptation and your temptation. Gene uh, started getting into healthy eating about five or six years ago. And with some resistance from me, because I really liked my pizza and I liked my pasta and I liked all that stuff that, you know, technically isn't too healthy for you. So, but she started to bring the organic foods into the house and some, to do different things like that. And, and it was fine. And I'm kind of on board. And I, I say kind of, right? I'm not fully on board. Uh, but, but I am on board. And, and anything to eat healthier. And, and, you know, it's once you get in your 40s, you start thinking about that a lot. For those of you that are in your 40s or maybe older, you think, hmm, uh, I need to really start taking care of my body a little bit more than I did when I was in my 20s. And so that's what Jean started doing, and, and I really appreciated that. And, and I think it was about six or eight months ago, uh, she wanted to do this detox. And if any of you have done the detoxes, then there's a million out there, you know what it's like. So we get up Monday morning, we're going to start at Monday morning. And so I, I eat what I'm supposed to eat, and I drink what I'm supposed to drink, and then I go off to work, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to be great. We're going to do this detox thing. I don't know, it was like seven days or ten days or something like that. And guess what happens? I get to work, and guess what they have? Three dozen donuts. Yes. And not just any donut. We have a donut shop in Great Falls called The Best Donut Shop. All right? It's a great Korean uh, Christian family that owns it, uh, and they put something in it. They do, because it's very addictive. I know they're Christians, and they shouldn't, but they do. I don't know what they put in there. It's something, all right? And so sure enough, there it is, day one detox donuts. I didn't just have one. I had two, all right? I had two donuts that morning, and I just totally ruined the detox. Well, I got back on the horse, and I started the detox on day two, right? So I, I just, I did it. But I was tempted, right? I was tempted by those donuts, and, and I just succumbed to the temptation, right? Well, that's kind of a funny story, right? But temptation can really have a life-altering effect in our lives. Mm -hmm. If we succumb to the temptation, uh, if you struggle with lying, maybe, you can get yourself in a big bind if you're tempted to lie and then you lie. Uh, or maybe anger. Maybe you get angry and fly off the handle in a New York second. And I know, I'm from New York, that's really quick. 
But that's a problem in our lives, right? That's the temptation there to get angry and fly off the handle. Or, and we all know how sexual sin is so prevalent. Pornography is prevalent in our society. And so what, what's, what is tempting you, right? We, we all have temptations in our lives, right? We all are tempted by something. But there is some good answers and some good facts about temptation that we really need to review. So if you have your notes, if you're taking notes, we're going to start talking about some facts about temptation. The first thing is, is it's not a sin to be tempted. All right, sin comes in as when you react to the temptation, right? It, it, sin comes in when you do something about the temptation that comes into your life. But it's not a sin to be tempted. And there's two great scriptures in Hebrews that we're going to take a look at real quick. He, Hebrews 4.15 says this, This high priest, who's Jesus, of ours, understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So there's, there's, there's the line in the sand right there. Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. So it's not a sin to be tempted. Mm-hmm. The second scripture is Hebrews 2.18. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that a great scripture to just grab a hold of? That is so encouraging that we can really understand that Jesus suffered and was tested in everything that we are tempted in in our lives. And he is there for us. So since Jesus was tempted, he can empathize with our situation, right? He's there with us in the midst of our temptation. He doesn't get angry at us. No, he empathizes with where we are at when we are being tempted. And that, that folks, that's awesome to me. That is a great fact that we really need to get deep into our hearts and really understand. Uh, the second thing, the second fact is you will never outgrow temptation. You will never outgrow <laughs> temptation. Yeah, sorry about that. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> you figured there would be that time where you reached it, right? And it was, no, no, that, that's, just not, that's not, just not true. But we have to remember that temptation is not a sign of weakness, though, right? Because we will never outgrow it. A temptation will always be around us, right? But the thing about that is that it means that the devil is out to get you, right? Do you understand that? The devil is there and he's out to get you when you have this temptation coming in your life because you're a threat to him. And, and I know that. And, and the third fact goes hand in hand with the second fact. After a spiritual high, you can expect a spiritual test. Now, I worked with the youth group in Gray Falls uh, for quite a long time. And I would always tell them after a retreat or after a camp experience, okay, this is great. You're on a spiritual high now, but what do you have to do? You have to go back to your life. You have to go back to the things that are familiar to you. You've been kind of sequestered, right, in this camp experience focusing on God, but now you have to go back to your daily life. And let's see in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, what it says about Jesus. Now, 
we have to realize that Jesus came off a big spiritual high on his baptism. We read that out of Matthew last week. right? Luke chapter 3 chronicles the same thing. But here we are now in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River when he was baptized, and he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And then it goes on to say that Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. So there he was on this mountaintop experience, and then he had to go back down into the valley, right? Just like those students in this camp experience, they're on the mountaintop. You can't live on the mountaintop. You've got to go back into the valley. So yeah, we have to remember that after a spiritual high, we can expect a spiritual test. Now the fourth thing, the fourth fact about temptation, is temptation isn't always about your weaknesses. Many times, temptation is about misusing your strengths or misusing your position or misusing your power. Now, I haven't been tempted to turn stones into bread because right after it talks about Jesus being hungry, then the devil comes to him. And we'll see that in a video clip in a little bit about the temptation and the devil saying, you can turn these stones into bread. Now, Jesus was at a vulnerable place right there, right? I mean, he could have used his position, his power, and his strength to turn those stones into bread. But I've never had that in my life, right? I've never had, you know, to be able to turn stones into bread. But I am the spiritual or I am the financial manager of my household. And a lot of times I could use that as a leverage in in the leadership of the home. And I remember about two years ago, Jean came to me and she was very excited. She had this business opportunity that she was thinking about, but it required uh, a lot of education. And the education was kind of expensive. And so me being the financial manager would have been very easy for me to be tempted to say, no, no, we can't do that. And actually I struggled with that for quite a while. I'm like, man, I got this budget all figured out, you know, because I'm paying the bills and, and I'm thinking about the future and we got the savings thing going on and we did the Dave Ramsey thing and I really want to be debt free. And so I had all, this, all these things going through my mind and I was very tempted to say, no, we just, we can't afford it right now. We just, we just can't do it, right? But no, I didn't do that. What I did was I said, you know what? I understand that you're going to make a great business out of this. You have a gifting in this area. And what I really needed to do is just say, you know what, whatever it takes, we're going to do it. I could have misused the power position that I had as being the finance guy and just said, no, we, we just can't do it. But I didn't. And so that was a great temptation for me. So many times we may be tempted to misuse our strengths. It's not always about our weaknesses. So then, the question that we have before us today is what do you do when you're tempted? Right? Isn't that the question we all have talking about this? Well, so what do we do? What do we do when we're tempted? Well, we have a video clip uh, from the Bible series from the History Channel. We've talked a little bit about that uh, before. And, and this is Jesus being tempted and what we're going to see is how Jesus handled his temptation, right? Because if we have the question, what do we do when we're tempted? 
Who do we need to look at for the answer? It's Jesus. So let's watch this video clip. Now, if you are like me, uh, you probably struggle with temptation of some sort. In fact, I, I would guess probably every single person in this room, if we're really honest with ourselves, we struggle with temptation. Uh, there's a verse in the book of 1 Corinthians that is critical for us to know. In fact, today we're calling it our key verse, and one of the next steps that we will share with you later on is to encourage you to memorize this verse. And it's up here on the screen, and I'd like you to just read this out loud with me, would you? Uh, Read with me. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now, if you've paid any attention to the patterns in your life, especially when it comes to temptation and maybe giving in to temptation, you've probably noticed, like I've noticed in my life, that there's kind of a cycle and the cycle goes something like this. We're, we're tempted, but we have really good intentions, right? I'm, I'm not going to do that thing that I do one more time. And we've got these great intentions. And then for whatever reason, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, for whatever reason, we fail and we give into that temptation. And then how do you feel? Terrible. Did you say like Mud. Okay, you, f- you feel like dirt, mud, whatever it is. Y- you know, it, it's this remorse. And so uh, if you're a Christian person, you probably pray and you confess your sin to the Lord and you ask him forgiveness and then you feel much better and then you've got these great intentions and then what happens again? The temptation comes and you have good intention, but the, the temptation is so intense and, and you have good intentions, but you give in and it's like this vicious cycle that goes over and over and over. And, and the, the thing that we all have to know is that God promises us a way out. There's a way out of your temptation. And that's what we're going to talk about today is the fact that you don't have to give in to your temptation. There is a way out. And we want to share with you today seven steps to escape temptation. Seven steps to escape temptation. And here's the deal. If you say, you know what, I just couldn't resist the temptation. I just couldn't resist clicking on that website. I I couldn't resist taking that $100 bill that was in the cash register that nobody knew that was there. I I just couldn't resist the temptation. If you say that and you're a Christian person, do you know what? You're just not being honest because God says you will not be tempted above what you can endure and he will provide you a way out. So we're going to give you seven steps today to, to escape temptation. This is the way out. Here's number one. You ready? Number one is this. From the life of Jesus, from the example of Jesus, get into Scripture. Get into Scripture. Now, uh, as we were watching that video clip, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Son of God movie and, and the Bible series on TV, and, and some of the criticism has been that they take so much artistic license. And in this particular clip, one of the things they left out is when Jesus was tempted those three times, every single time he responded to the temptation from the devil with, with three words, it is written. 
right? And then he quoted scripture back to the devil. And, and the Bible says that the devil eventually left him because Jesus was using scripture as a weapon, as a defensive weapon against the temptation. And friends, if we're going to stand up against temptation in our lives, we have got to know what the scripture says. You've got to be reading your Bible. One of the reasons that every week in this message series, we're going to give you a verse to memorize is because these are key verses that every Christian needs to know, and they've got to be in your mind so that you've got an arsenal to come against the devil and say, it is written. I'm not going to give in to this sin because God's word says this in contrast to what I'm being tempted by. Does this make sense? And, and friends, we've got to be people who know and use the Bible to overcome temptation. It's not enough just to say, I, I have good intentions. You've got to know the scripture and use it as a, a weapon. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you memorize scripture, when you read scripture, when you make the Bible your daily bread, if you will, your daily meal, you're going to find that you won't be as inclined to sin as you were before. The single most powerful line of defense you have in your life against temptation is to have portions of the Bible memorized. Get into scripture. Here's the second one. Second step to escape temptation is this. Identify your vulnerabilities. Identify your vulnerabilities. And this might seem a little bit obvious, but I think there's a lot of people that just are unaware of where they're vulnerable. More important than knowing what your temptation is, is knowing the answers to four questions. When, where, how, and who. There isn't a place for you to to write in your notes, but you might want to jot these down in the margin. You need to know the answers to when, where, how, and who. When Jesus was going into the garden just before his crucifixion, he was going in to pray, and he said this to his disciples in Matthew 26. He said this, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Two things. He said, keep watch and pray. And I think a lot of times we're, we're inclined to pray when we feel temptation. Most Christians probably pray, but a lot of times we fail at keeping watch. In other words, we don't always identify where we're vulnerable. And so listen, you have to have more than good intentions. Willpower isn't enough. Even prayer isn't enough. You have to watch. You have to keep watch is what Jesus says. So here's, here's the questions to ask yourself. When am I most tempted? Ask yourself that question. When do I find the temptation most severe? Is there a certain day of the week? Or is there a certain time of day? Is there something in your routine of your life that you see that there's always temptation that's, that, that seems to be more intense? Identify that time so you can be on guard during that time. Uh, another question is where am I most tempted? Am I most tempted when I'm at home? Am I most tempted when I'm at work? Am I most tempted when I'm alone in a hotel room on a business trip? Uh, where am I at when I really face temptation? And, and that will help you keep watch. Another question, who is with me when I am most tempted? 
Am I alone? Am I with friends who bring temptation to me? Friends that might not honor God, might not honor their marriages, uh, that they've sacrificed or, or they've compromised in areas of their life. Who am I with when I'm most tempted? And then another really important question to ask is how do I feel right before I'm tempted? How do I feel? There's a little acronym that has helped me very much over the course of my life. It's the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T. And I have found in my life that a lot of times I am most tempted when I'm hungry or I'm angry or I'm lonely or I'm tired. HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. For you, it might be something completely different. But, but ask yourself the question, how do I feel right before I'm tempted? And then keep watch. Jesus said to keep watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. And then number three is this. This is a great suggestion. Uh, plan what you're not going to do. Plan what you're not going to do to do. Uh, Rick Warren uh, is, a, is a, a, a writer and a pastor in Southern California, and he says, if you want to stay pure, Christian young people or, or single people of any age, if you want to stay pure on a date, he says, you're either going to go by your plans or by your glands, okay? Um, and, and it's really true. Uh, if you want to avoid sexual temptation, you have to make a plan of what not to do. Do you get what I'm saying? Proverbs chapter 4 says, plan carefully what to do, and whatever you do will turn out right. Avoid evil and walk straight ahead. Don't go one step off the way. And I think that if we plan in advance to stay away from people and places or circumstances that cause you to be vulnerable to temptation... If you, if you stay away from those things, you're not going to fall into temptation. Quite possibly, you might not even be tempted if you just have a plan. Another thing Rick Warren says is if you don't want to get stung, stay away from the bees. All right? And, and you just need to have a plan and stick to your plan. Now, here's number four. We've each got to guard our hearts. Guard your heart. Because temptation doesn't always come from outside. In fact, I think most of the time, temptation is an inside job. This is what James chapter 1 says. And let me tell you, this verse just nails me between the eyes. I hate this verse, okay? I'm mad that God put this verse in the Bible. But it's in there. Look at this. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. I would like to believe that all the temptation comes from the devil. Wouldn't you like to believe that? Because he's just the big baddie. Oh, temptation comes from me? Really? Really, James? Did you really write? Did we really put that in the Bible? It's true, isn't it? And so if we're going to avoid temptation, we have to guard our hearts. Let me, let me ask you a couple of questions. What, what, what do you love? What's in your heart? What do you really, really love? What do you think about again and again and again throughout the day? What do I fantasize about? What are you focusing on above all else? Proverbs chapter 4 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines 
the course of your life. Temptation is an inside job, and so we have to really evaluate what we're thinking about, what we're focusing on, what we're loving, so that we can avoid that temptation. Now, number five is pray for deliverance. Remember the watch and pray from Matthew that Russ just reviewed with us about the vulnerabilities, that that scripture? Watch and pray. Uh, Pray for deliverance. And many times, this this could just be saying help. It could be one word, help. I I know in my life, and this, this is a powerful concept that I learned early on, is the name of Jesus carries power doesn't it? There's a song, there is power in the name of Jesus. And that is truly something that I've just held on to as I've walked through this thing we call the Christian life, as I've been tempted, as I've been in those places of vulnerability, and I've needed that deliverance. I just cry out to Jesus. My favorite band, Third Day, has a song, Cry Out to Jesus. Man, it just makes me weep every time I sing or listen to that song. Because that is just so powerful. We can pray for deliverance, and many times it comes in the name of Jesus, doesn't it? I want to take a look at that 1 Corinthians verse again, our key verse for the day. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So, help and cry out to Jesus. We need to pray for deliverance Mm -hmm. when we're tempted. Number six is refocus your attention. Right? A lot of times, whatever gets your attention gets you. You know, there's that funny, that movie Up, and the dog, and he sees a squirrel. Well, the squirrel got his attention, right? And he's distracted from whatever he's doing, and he, and he focused He focused on that. Well, that's kind of the same thing. We need to refocus on the temptation that's in, coming into our lives, right? The temptation comes in, and we need to then refocus. Uh, the silly little thing with the donuts, if I would have just walked out of the out of the break room, I would have been fine. I would have went back to my office. I would have refocused my attention. I would have started doing some work. I didn't hang around. Uh, if I wouldn't have hang, hang, hung around the donuts and refocused and just removed myself from that situation, right, I would have removed the temptation. I would have been fine. Refocus your attention. A lot of times the battles that we have with temptation start in the mind, don't they? And we just need to take every thought captive, right? And use, once again, that name of Jesus to help us to get through that. We need to refocus, reshift our attention on the, whatever is coming at us, the temptation that's coming at us. This last thing, number seven, to me, is very key. A step in my life is find a friend, right? Find a friend. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. Man, what a great Bible verse. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, well, that person is in real trouble, aren't they? And you've probably found that to be true in your life. Those times where you've been alone, that's that's when you fall. But, when we put people around us in our lives and we're accountable to people, then that's where there's real strength, right? 
that's when we have a friend and we have that, that synergy, right? And that relationship in our lives. Uh, I've been involved in many small groups over the course of the last 20, 21 years since I've been a Christian. And a lot of them haven't been large. Most of them have been just guy groups, three or four of us, even two of us at times, getting together for coffee. I love coffee. We get together for coffee. We talk about what God is doing in our lives. We talk about the struggles that we have. We read the Bible together. And I get so much strength out of those relationships. And I know I call them my 2 a.m. friends, right? You can call them at 2 a.m. When you have a relationship like that, when it's an accountability relationship in your life, you can call them at 2 a.m. if you have a struggle, if you're going through something very, very difficult. And so that, to me, has been true in my life, that surrounding my, myself with good friends who I'm accountable to, who I am truthful with, and I'm honest with, and I say, you know what? If you see something in me, please tell me. I give them license to call me on the carpet if there's something they see in my life that maybe I'm blind to see myself. What a powerful relationship that is. We all need those relationships, that accountability in our lives. So do you want to break the grip of temptation in your life? I mean, do we really? Do we really want to break the grip of temptation in our lives? If we can be honest and say, absolutely, yes, we do. Well, what we need to do is these seven steps, implement them into your life. Maybe one at a time, maybe two at a time, maybe three, maybe all seven. Whatever is right for you, implement these steps into your life. Let's review them real quickly. Step number one, get into Scripture. Very key, Russ talked about that. Two, identify your vulnerabilities. Three, plan what you're not going to do. I like that one as well, Russ. I thought that was really good. Guard your heart, number four. Number five, pray for that deliverance. Cry out to Jesus. I love it. Six, refocus your attention. And then seven, kind of comes all together. Find a friend. We need to be vulnerable with our friends in our lives and pick those accountability partners so that we have some synergy in our lives to stand up against this temptation, right? So you will have victory. Does it mean you will never sin again? (laughs) Absolutely not. But listen to this. It will mean, it won't mean that you will be sinless, but you will sin less. Do you get it? You won't be sinless, but you will sin less. Isn't Bob doing a great job? <laughs> I'm sitting here as you're talking, Bob, and I'm, I'm thinking about my, this last week. And, um, you know, I'm tempted like any other guy is. And, uh, and there have been times this week when uh, I've been working on my computer and I'm online and, mm-hmm. and something pops up and I'm tempted to follow that little rabbit trail. And, uh, and I haven't. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those obvious sins that, you know, you just know I can't go there. Right. But I've had kind of an interesting experience this week in which uh, the Lord has really opened my eyes to something that I think is sin in my life that I haven't ever really considered before. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And I just thought, we have a couple of minutes, and I thought I would share this story with all of you because I think all of us from time to time have these spiritual growth moments where um, all of a sudden you become aware of, of something that's just wrong in your life. And uh, Chris and I are in a small group on Monday nights uh, with just three other couples, and, uh, and it's a very small group, and we're not leading the group. We're studying the How We Love book. We've been talking about this conference that's coming. And uh, so we decided to, to take the class ourselves. Chris and I have never done this before. And, um, and so we've been meeting on Mondays with this small group of people, and Jody and Brian Dugan are our group leaders. And they've just been investing us and teaching us and leading us into some things. Chris and I have always said for, for many years, we feel like we've got a really great, healthy marriage uh, but we also believe that we can always get better. So we decided to take this group uh, to get better in our marriage. And let me tell you, some days it's been like God hit, hitting me on the back of the head with a two-by-four, you know. And uh, this particular week, we were talking about the love style of being a people pleaser. And those of you that have taken uh, this, this class, you know what it's talking about. That, that inclination that some people have to just make everybody happy all the time, Right. And that's not my natural inclination, at least not in my marriage. I, I fit one of the other profiles a little bit more. But one of the observations that came out in our, in our uh, discussion was that many times as a pastor, I feel very compelled to make sure that all of you are happy all the time, you know, because what if somebody gets mad at me and they don't come back to church? Oh, oh no. Or, you, you know, whatever. And, and, and this week in particular, I became aware that I am vulnerable to that temptation to, instead of leading, to capitulate to the desires of other people in our church. And so we had a long discussion about this on Wednesday, or on Monday night. And uh, after we were all done with our small group, Chris and I were driving home and we're talking in the car and Chris was saying to me, Russ, I'm just so tired. We've gone through a long stretch of about three weeks where we haven't had any time alone together and, and we haven't really had a date night. It's just been every night. We're with people every night, every night, every night. And Chris just said, Russ, I'm just at the end of my rope. I, I need a break. And uh, I said, you know what, Chris? I think maybe on Wednesday night we should cancel the small group that we're leading so that we can just spend some alone time together. And as soon as I said that, that thought came into my mind, but they need us, you know, and <laughs> we're the leaders and we can't cancel a small group. They're, they're, somebody's going to be mad or somebody, maybe somebody needs prayer and, and what's going to happen? We can't cancel the small group. And immediately that temptation to resist what I know that God is speaking in my heart to do and some, to make some changes in my life. Do you, have you ever had these experiences? Do you know what I'm talking about? And, and that temptation came. And, um, and this is where that refocus your attention one came. Mm-hmm. And immediately, instead of letting my mind go to the, the 20 people in my Wednesday night group that rely on me for, for spiritual leadership, instead of focusing on their needs, I immediately refocused my attention to the fact that my wife needs some alone time with me. And so we called everybody. We missed a couple, Chrissy. I found out this morning some people came to our house on Wednesday night and the house was dark. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what? They told me it was okay, right? Mm -hmm. And um, 
And I'm so glad Chris and I went over to Livingston and we had a huge dinner at the Ribbon Chop House. We had a gift card that somebody gave us six months ago that we hadn't used. And I ate steak and lobster. Then I gave into the temptation of overeating. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of three steps forward, two steps back, right? But listen, I, I, what I, the reason I share that story with you is because two things. One, um, I struggle just like you do. And temptation is one of those things that we just have to fight for the rest of our lives. We have to be people who will go through these seven steps, and there's probably a whole bunch more that I could share with you. But we've got to be people who say, you know what, I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to become everything he's called me to be. And even if it hurts, even if it's hard, even if, if it's painful to resist this temptation and, and cause the devil to flee, I'm going to push through because God is faithful and he will not allow me to be tempted above what I'm capable But the second reason is because I really think we all need to hear this. Um, Linda, your reaction was hilarious when Bob said, you never outgrow temptation. You know, I I figured by the time I got to be 50, I wouldn't be tempted anymore. Mm -hmm. And here I am, and um, God's showing me new things that are tempting me. I I mean, that, that might be a little discouraging, but on the other side of the coin, you know what? I'm becoming a better husband. I'm becoming a better pastor. I'm becoming a better friend. Because God is helping me grow spiritually. And some of that is just in the area of temptation. I'm becoming aware of areas I didn't even know were wrong for me. But I'm growing up just a little bit more this week. And next week I'll grow a little bit more. And you can too. So don't give up the fight. Because it's worth it. It's worth it. The two next steps on your card are these. Uh, I hope you'll memorize this week's key verse. When I, uh, when I put your, your note cards together, I did two things intentionally. One was I printed out the key verse for you this week so that you have it there. If you've never, never memorized this verse, would you put this up somewhere so you can see it and you can read it and you can let this verse encourage you not to give in to sin? But the second step is this. I hope you'll take your note cards All seven steps are on the back of your card. Will you post that card where you will see these steps often? Or maybe you want to type it out on a separate sheet of paper, but but as a next step for learning to say no to temptation, would you put this up somewhere and read these again and again and again and again? I didn't come up with these seven steps, um, but I, I found them about three weeks ago. And let me tell you, ever since I found them, I've been going through them again and again and again. And it's been helping me be more effective at saying no to temptation. And I know they will help you as well if you'll just put them up somewhere, read them, memorize them, and then obey them. Whatever the ones are that you need to, to do, put them up and, and, and let's together as a church family rise up and say no to temptation. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. All right. Bow your heads with me and let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, one of the things, one of the things that always just kind of takes me by surprise whenever I read the stories about your life are the facts that in, in so many instances, you face the same things that we, that we face on a daily basis. 
And this week in particular, Jesus, as we look at the way that you were tempted, I'm just aware, Jesus, that you were no different from us. Situations presented themselves, and, and, and I'm sure it wasn't easy for you to say no to those temptations. But you were ready, you were guarded, you knew the scripture, and you overcame temptation. And then you went on to tell all of us that we can do it too. But quite honestly, Jesus, there's a bunch of us in this room. I, I just sense in my heart, there's a bunch of us in this room who have just been given in to the same old temptation again and again and again. And we're in the cycle. Some of us are in the cycle of good intentions right now. Some of us are at the bottom of the cycle and we're sitting here in this room with all kinds of shame. And Jesus, we need to break out of the cycle. And so would you come to us today, Jesus, and would you help us to put at least one of these seven steps into practice so that we can sin less. Not that we'll be sinless, but we'll sin less. And we thank you, Jesus. All right, would you just keep your eyes closed and, and nobody looking around for just a moment? I, I want to pray specifically for some of you that are maybe struggling with temptation and, and the battle's just been especially hard. I, I just really feel like I need to pray for you in particular today. But I also want to pray for any of you that are here today and you haven't yet even said yes to Jesus and you haven't received the forgiveness of sin. Um, this is the most beautiful part of Jesus is that he came so that we could be forgiven of all the wrong things we've ever done. And so let me start with that one. If, if you're here and you want to, to be forgiven of all the rotten things you've ever done. The Bible calls it sin. You can call it rebellion. You can call it failure, whatever. But you just need forgiveness and you're coming to Jesus, maybe for the first time or maybe after walking away from him for a long time. I would love to pray for you. Would you raise your hand right where you are? And I will pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Got a couple people here today. Anybody else? Okay, and then those of you that you're just facing temptation and the battle is hard today, would you raise your hands? I want to pray for you as well. And in this one, just keep your hands up, would you? Keep your hands up. I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you, but the, the battle's hard. Lord Jesus, we're just crying out to you today. And some of us have our hands raised today because the, the, the temptation is intense We're in that cycle of shame and regret and good intentions and failure. God, today I want to pray for each of my friends that are raising their hands today in this moment of deep honesty. And I want to say, Jesus, right now, will you wash over them with forgiveness and grace? And will you fill them, Lord, in this moment that I'm praying, Lord, will you fill them so powerfully with your Holy Spirit that that the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will rise up in them and give them the strength to break out of this cycle and to find freedom from temptation. And Jesus, I 
pray especially, Lord, for these two people that raise their hands today and they're just saying, um, Jesus, I'm coming to you and I need a fresh start. Lord, today I pray that you will forgive them, wash them clean, transform them, Jesus, from the inside out. And God, help us to follow you all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.